All right, welcome to another edition of the Sporting Classics TV podcast. I'm here with Chris Dorsey. Good, Good to be here, yes, Kevin. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's it's fun to make a great television show, but then it's fun to kind of get it out there, talk about it, get a bigger audience, and, and get the feedback. That's rewarding. You know, this one for me has a little bit more of a personal connection than most. Uh, usually, I you know send you and John McGilvery around the world, and then get to make a show. Uh, this one's with Paul Valdeek, a gentleman I've had a chance to meet as well. And sure. Uh, he is a larger-than-life personality, and he has a larger-than-life piece of property in Colorado. Skipper. We, we, we call him Skipper for short, yeah. He is, uh, <laughs> he is a heck of a guy. Um, you know, he once told me I need to bring my son out to his ranch myself. And then the third time he told me, I realized he's serious, and I took him up on it. Paul is a, is a lovable big dude, and, and of course, you know, he was a key part of our Buccaneers and Bellows television series for many, many years on Outdoor Channel with Tom Brokaw and Michael Keaton and Huey Lewis and all those guys because he, of course, is the guy that, that had Deepwater Key down in the Bahamas. And, uh, and and so we had Bill Klein from Patagonia. and We did some fun little skits with these guys. And, and Bill Klein, we, we dressed him up as Gilligan and, <laughs> and he was a little buddy. And, and Paul, of course, was the skipper, is the big dude. And anyway, it's one of those things that when you do a series like this for as many years as we did, you you kind of look for some fun, you know. Absolutely. Well, talk about your elk hunt. Not just, uh, yeah. every year you love to elk hunt, and, and he's got a real special place. Well, he does. High Lonesome Ranch, I think, is about 20,000, 30,000 acres, I, I think, with adjacent public land that's sort of landlocked. So it really is this big chunk of ground. I think it's in the Ranching for Wildlife program. So uh, you can hunt. What that means in Colorado is, is you can hunt basically in the bugle with a rifle because it's a, a management program that the state endorses. You only take so many animals and <laughs> it's gotta be on private land. And, and uh, But it's, it's great country down there and it's producing big elk. I mean, 320 to, to 350 class elk are, are fairly common. If you're hunting down there for three or four days, you're gonna, you're gonna encounter elk that size. Uh, and some considerably bigger, you know, 360, 370 elk are taken off that that ranch, huge mule deer down there, and just stunning country. I mean, I love driving from Denver down through that part of, of Colorado, and, and you get over there, and it's, you, you make that drive, and you realize, this is why I live in Colorado. You know, there's, there are very few states like Colorado, and I would argue, and I say that as a property owner in Montana, that Colorado probably has the best big game hunting, not probably, it just does, in the lower 48. Um, you know, big numbers of elk, and, and yes, a lot of elk that are, you know, 250 to 260, 70 in size, but there's pockets of, of very big elk throughout Colorado, and this is one of those pockets, so it's always fun to get down there, and, and it's, of course, a beautiful ranch, and, and they had these these amazing sort of glamping kind of tents set up with great food, super guides. I really enjoyed the, the guides down there, and just the fact that it wasn't you know, 28 people out hunting and orange everywhere. It was a very private kind of, you had the ranch to yourself experience third season. You know, they had been, they had been pushed. These elk had been pushed later in the season like this. Uh, you know, they weren't really in the bugle anymore, so they're pretty quiet. But because it's such a great piece of territory and, and so many elk like to, to use that unfettered ground, you know, we, we found them. We found, we found a nice one. Little tricky on the stock, little tricky on the shot, but we found a dandy. You know, you're hunting a property the size of national parks. I mean, that's a lot of ground to cover. 
Well, yeah, in the West, I mean, that's the funny thing. I mean, you know, there's so much big open ground, and then so much of the West is public ground. So you get these big ranches that are sort of sandwiched between millions of acres of public ground. So these private ranches, to a degree, become refuges from the pressure that's on the public ground. And, and so uh, the good news is in a late season, a lot of times the public ground gets pushed hard enough, the elk come onto these, these private areas if they're not hunted too hard. And, and High Lonesome is one of those places. Uh, but, but big mule deer out there full of mountain lions as well. I mean, it's just dynamite country, really beautiful, beautiful ranch all the way around. And Paul, of course, is a, he's a, he's a steward of the, of the ground in the Leopold best sense of, of the word. He, he really has looked after it. Um, and I think Paul's legacy in the conservation world is just that. I mean, he's, he's about multiple use, sustained yield, you know, adopting principles that are scalable that you could take to, to other private ranches, but also to public ground and creating, creating models that, that really can affect big tracts of, of land in the West. And he's been really a pioneer in that and, and a, a very, very vocal leader in that whole realm. You were there earlier with our good friend Steve Lamboy with McGraney Cases. You guys yeah, yeah, Steve's an old, hunt in the snow. Steve's an old friend, and, and uh, you know we, we try and find an excuse to get together every year and, and do some hunting, do some fishing, and, and uh, he's a fun, funny guy and really is a great shot, great hunter. Um, so yeah, it was a chance to get him out there a few years ago, and I think we're going to get him back down to Bray's Island this fall with his kids who are about the age of, of our twins and, and see if we could do a little you know, two family outing and, and get them out in the field and catch some fish at the same time. Yeah, we also fit in this show a Texas hunt, and not just a hog hunt, but a hog hunt at night using the Pulsar technology with our friend Kevin Reese. And, uh, how much fun is that? You know, it, it's, I, I had never done that. Of course, I've seen plenty of video of these thermal hunts where, you know, the, the pigs are white and they look ghostly. And it, I mean, it, it's, it's like if Ted Nugent Played video games. This is probably what they would look like, right? This is—it's just the, the perfect sort of apocalypse now kind of thing, and it's a—and it's a problem, right? There's too many pigs in the state of Texas. I think they do about four or five hundred million dollars a year in damage to that state alone, and, uh, and and so you're down there, you're helping kind of solve a problem. Although I think hunters take something like thirty percent of the pigs and in uh, Texas and, and just to maintain the current population, hunters would have to take about 70%, which I don't know that, <laughs> I don't know that that's feasible. I don't know if it's ever gonna be practical, um, but it's still a great resource. It's great fun. Kevin Reese joined us from, from Pulsar. And of course they make the great optics and Sightmark is, is the, the parent brand, Pulsar and, and uh, Cellmark are all part of the, the same family, but but that that thermal scope is just such a such a video game kind of experience when you're going out at night and then you see you know 15 20 pigs and uh, and you're sneaking in and, and uh, it's really kind of a delicious fun you know redneck moment that I enjoyed every minute of it. And I'll never forget when I first looked through some Pulsar binoculars thermal. Uh, and there was some livestock off in the distance. And I looked at him at night and went, holy shit. And I handed him to John McGilvery. And he looked through them and went, holy shit. And then we called you out to the balcony. And sure <laughs> enough, you can guess where the story ends. I mean, the first time you see him at night, yeah. It's, it's, it's just, fun. It's Isn't cool. it just fun to do that? And, of course, Kevin Reese is a, 
you know, he's a, he's a veteran of the Boer Wars in Texas. He's done a lot of night pig hunting. So he was my mentor. I had never really done this. And uh, so just to get the thing sighted in and, you know, take a little little heat pack and use that. And I'm like scratching my head going, oh, yeah, of course, you, you'd have to sight it in versus, you know, some right. kind of heat registration in the thermal. And, and uh, so anyway, it was a fun it was a fun process and I can't wait to do it again. But I, I think the fact that we had, you know, Chris Hughes from Broken Arrow Meats join us, uh, which is quite a story in and of itself. I think it was back in 1983, his dad created this business to take the excess exotic and, and native animals and introduced animals to Texas and convert that into wild game meat that is sold all over the country. I mean, we're talking the, the best restaurants in America, the French Laundry in Napa Valley, which is routinely, it's a four-star Michelin restaurant, routinely the best restaurant in America. They're buying his meats. Individuals can buy it if, if they don't want to go hunting, but they want the benefits of wild game. No steroids, no antibiotics, nor no hormones in the meat. Um, they can get it from Broken Arrow Meats. And, and so to have him join us, number one, he's a hell of a nice guy. He was a lot of fun to hunt with, keen hunter, and just fun. And uh, for him to do a little cooking bit on there really made it a fun show. Yeah, I love the slogan. Uh, we're solving the feral hog problem one bite at a time. One bite at a time. Well, it's, uh, we're from Pulsar, and we're just here to help. That's, that's cool. No, it was a lot of fun. I mean, Dakota and his wife, Summer, certainly. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy, too, and, and a fun business that he's created. So it's, isn't it interesting in a capitalistic economy that, that somebody will determine that there's an economic play here, there's a business to be had with a problem animal, and so there's two people, an outfitter, really three. Pulsar is the same deal. You know, they're selling lots of night night vision and thermal optics to people that want to go hunting so it's really three different businesses that have boomed because of this pig overpopulation problem and at the same time they're helping solve a problem so yeah anyway it, it works all the way around yeah very pragmatic solution to that problem amen thanks well we got an action-packed show we got with elk hogs and some upland action Fun tune stuff. in this week fun stuff thanks chris